Hello, we are back here with Front Office U Fridays here with a special guest. Here today is going to be Xander Atwood. Xander, how's everything going today? Good. How about you? It's it's going good, man. It's very cold over here. I'm sure it's pretty cold in uh, Indiana over there as well. Is it pretty cold? We're gearing up for a, a blizzard here tonight, so it it should be hitting us pretty hard. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not too bad, but we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, well, I uh, being from the Midwest, I definitely can understand that. I think in Minnesota, where they're getting hit later today as well. So I think a lot of schools are, as far as I know, a lot of colleges are, are closed and probably for a good reason as well. Yep, exactly. So, um, we'll, hopefully yeah. it doesn't affect too much of uh, holiday travels, but we'll see what happens. So. Yeah, you, you Well, you never know, right? Mother Nature has a, a way to, to find some funny things to do, especially with Christmas <laughs> right around the corner. Um, if you haven't done your Christmas shopping, you probably should be doing it right now based off of the information we're hearing here. Yep. Um, with that being said, Xander, um, always like to kind of go in right away about um, your college career. Um, obviously, you went to um, Aquinas College. Can you kind of explain, you know, that college and as well as like why you chose it um, about, you know, for sports management, because a lot of people that we have here, uh, they go to different colleges, and that's definitely a new one that we haven't had on here. Um, so where is it located, as well as just, you know, why did you choose to, to go there? Yeah, so Aquinas College is in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So if we're looking at the Met, uh, it's about right here on the Met. So it's considered uh, West Michigan area, um, only about an hour away from Lake Michigan, so not too bad of a, a location there. Um, what, coming out of high school, I knew I wanted to be able to do something in sports, and um, I played three different sports in high school. I played uh, volleyball, bowling, and baseball, and my best season in high school was my senior year where I went five for 10 off the bench in baseball, um, so by no means was I anywhere close to being a good player. <laughs> Um, but I, I enjoyed the atmosphere of it, and I knew that it was something that I wanted to really get into for a career. Um, so I knew if I wasn't going to be able to make money off of it by playing in it, I figured I might as well learn how to make money off of it in other ways. So um, uh, picking a college, I, I, Aquinas was probably the first one, I think it was the first one actually, that I went and saw as like a college visit. Um, and I fell in love with the campus like almost immediately. It's a uh, very small campus. You can walk from one end to the other in about 15 minutes, um, right about five minutes away from downtown Grand Rapids. So you're right in the heart of the city as well. Um, it's a very forested area over there, um, very uh, suburban area as well. So there's a lot of like little shopping areas, um, lots of trees, lots of nature overall. And I just, I fell in love with that. Uh, the class sizes were perfect for me just uh, from a professor to student ratio as well. Um, and really the sport management aspect of it was the biggest draw. Um, I knew I wanted to get into it. Uh, tried looking at a couple different bigger colleges uh, and universities, but couldn't really find a good niche with it. I, I just didn't really feel like connected with those universities. Um, and Aquinas, I immediately felt hooked to it. So I knew I, that was where I belonged. And four years later, I graduated with my degree. So. No, that's, that's awesome here. And I went to a small school as well. So I can relate that like smaller class sizes really help, especially, you know, nothing against those, those big D one colleges, you know, they are good for that reason, but, you know, kind of going back to it, like going to a smaller college, you have a lot to be able to prove and you can actually stand out versus, you know, going to a bigger college, like everyone kind of stands out to a certain way. It's hard for you to, you know, you, you're more building, you know, a foundation at a smaller college of sports career. And um, I think, I mean, we all, at least myself, likes the, the underdog. And I would say going to a smaller college, you're, you're kind of underdog because a lot of other colleges you look at, like Michigan, Iowa, uh, Maryland, all these other bigger colleges, like they obviously have the resources, right? They have the people who, you know, can athletics-wise complete yeah, high level and being able to to go to a smaller college and like you said you fell in love with it right away um, and at that point it's a no-brainer you don't want to you know try to do more more research when you already know it's perfect and yep 
you know, being, being in, in Grand Rapids too, like you got a lot of opportunities to be able to um, go out and, and enjoy the, the nature there as well. Um, and kind of moving on to, you know, you got your, your bachelor's there. Did you have to do a, you know, was there any like internships you had to do in college there um, for your degree or what was kind of that, um, what did that kind of look like? Yeah, so it we definitely we had a, a, a internship requirement as part of it. Um, coming out of my senior year, I really couldn't find anywhere that was really willing to take me. It was that age old problem of uh, we'd love to hire you, but you don't have enough ex experience. Well, I can't get enough experience if you don't hire me type of thing. So um, tried with a couple different places within Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, uh, just couldn't really find anywhere um, that would take me. Uh, got close a couple times, but never really could get anywhere right off the bat. Um, so I applied for the Disney College program uh, just as like a last resort type of thing, just to see if I'd make it. Um, within a week's time, I was already accepted. So, and that's that's no small feat either, because the, the college program for Disney is a very exclusive uh, type of internship opportunity. Uh, about 10,000, 10 to 12,000 uh, students a year are selected for it. Um, and that's not just from the U.S., but around the world as well. So, I mean, it's, it, it was a great opportunity um, for me to really boost my resume right off the bat and get me into something uh, as soon as I got done with the internship. Um, when I was at Disney, I worked in uh, parade audience control for the Magic Kingdom uh, at Walt Disney World in Orlando. Um, so basically I worked on Main Street USA right in front of the, the castle um, in Magic Kingdom, um, basically was crowd control. So I was doing a lot of like customer service type of things, but also making sure that people were safely in areas that they should and should not be. So um, when it came to parades, it was just making sure everyone was on the sidewalks out of the streets when it was fireworks at the end of the night. Um, making sure everyone was in the street and out of the uh, uh, sidewalks so that people could go back and forth between the exit and the, and the park. So um, I made a lot of friends from it, made a lot of good connections, and um, it really broke me uh, from being a very, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, shoot, I'm losing my train of thought. Uh, introvert is the right word. So I was an introverted person to start off with. And I like to call myself now an extroverted introvert um, because my job requires me to be a little bit more extroverted. So um, it really broke me out of my shell and got me used to being able to talk to more people and, and really set the, uh, set the groundwork for getting into a career in sales ultimately. So. Yeah, I think it's, it's awesome. You bring that up because believe it or not, I think there's only two people you're one of them. So surprise, surprise there that I know that worked at Walt Disney and because of that internship or that opportunity that they had, they were able to get a, a you know, an opportunity to work with a sports team. And it looks like that's what you did. Obviously you, you started, you know, at Walt Disney doing crowd control. I'm sure it was more than just that. You're obviously doing more than, you know, just doing the crowd. I'm sure there's other things that you had to do as well that you made you know, have forgot, but like it, it's, I mean, it's tough. You're trying to make sure everyone's safe, but you also have to make sure, you know, you're doing your job. And like you said, you, you, you were an introvert, you would say when you were, you know, at that position, but when you think about it, you, you kind of couldn't be right. Cause you had to tell people that, and um, I'm sure you, you did a, a good job and it kind of looks like it landed you kind of that next position that, you know, you kept getting people saying, Hey, like you don't have enough experience, but with that experience, it, it shows you that you don't necessarily need sports experience right off the bat when it comes to getting that first position. And, you know, you're obviously one of those people that were able to do that and get a position as an account executive with the, the Battle Creek Bombers. So how did that kind of come up? Did that come up with just being able to have connections um, back in, in Michigan or what, what kind of, you know, brought that up to be able to get that position? Yeah, so um, I finished my internship technically in December of 14 uh, with the Disney College program, but went on as part of like an extension program just so that I had enough time to find the next step for it. Um, 
And I applied to quite a few different internships and entry-level jobs, couldn't really get my foot in the door uh, with many places. Um, but I finally found my foot in the door with uh, the Battle Creek Bombers. They're now called the, uh, the Battle Jacks now, um, but they're out of the uh, Northwoods League. So essentially they're a summer collegiate baseball team. Uh, Northwoods League, I think at that time was only at about, oh gosh, I want to say like 16, 18 teams. And now they've expanded to like close to like 25, 26 teams um, across the Midwest and Northern United States. So um it was a great experience. Um, it really got me that first opportunity to get into sales and, and get my uh, feet wet in that area. Um, but then on top of that, I wasn't just doing like the selling of tickets. I was also um, helping out with quite a few other things as well. Um, so I ended up being like the intern in charge of our summer interns, uh, making sure that everything was going smoothly with them. Um, I did uh, stats for each game. So I was up in the press box for each game, making sure that the stats were going through the online system um, and everything was being recorded properly. Um, and then when we weren't having games, I was in the office just making sure that uh, we were getting enough sales coming in. And uh, it, I mean, it, it wasn't the most successful summer ever, but it was definitely a, a, a great first experience for me. And I know for uh, the other interns that summer as well, uh, to really get our foot in the door in, into the sports industry. Um, and that ended up leading to, to many other things along the way. So. Yeah, it's, it's awesome to kind of hear that, you know, you tried, uh, you tried your hardest to try to get a position and, you know, luckily you were able to, to get that position with um, the, you know, the Battle Creek Bombers at the time um, and Northwoods League, just to give, our listeners a, a outlook it's it's michigan wisconsin i know because they have lacrosse loggers um shocker went to lacrosse <laughs> and the loggers um, but what other states is it just for our listeners to know you know if they're looking for a position um in the yeah. northern league yeah so um it's pretty much all of the northern uh midwest states uh and one team in canada but um really it just it depends on uh, if they're going to allow for like international travel and whatnot at this point, but um, they're in Michigan, uh, one team in Indiana, one team in Illinois, a bunch in Wisconsin and uh, Minnesota. Um, and then I believe they have three teams in North Dakota now as well. So quite a few different states. And I think they're over like 20, 24, 25 teams or something along that line. So yeah, it looks like they're always growing. I know I had one of our, our co-hosts actually worked with the lacrosse loggers. And like you said, I mean, you were doing stats, you were doing other things, not just sales, right? On, the, mm -hmm. on game day, um, in, in your case for, for baseball, you're running around. Did you have to do tarp at all or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I pretty much was jack of all trades when it came to everything over there. Um, we did rodent control with uh, raccoons and stuff getting in, uh, tarping the field whenever uh, a huge storm came through. And believe me, cleaning that up after the storm was through was not an easy feat either. Um, we did stocking of different uh, concessions. I had to work the concession stand several times if we were in a pinch. Um, and managing different parties that came in and making sure that they were doing the right things at the right times and whatnot. Um, so you name it, I was probably doing it at some point that season. Yeah. Well, I believe you. That's one thing I, <laughs> I never really worked. I haven't worked in baseball and like minor league baseball too. Like you do everything and you know, most sports you do, right. When you're doing sales, you're either, you know, for match day or game day, you're doing something else. Like, yeah, you're selling as well, but you're also making sure you know, your clients are, are, you know, ready to, to, to go when it comes to making sure they come back for, for next season, making sure they're happy. Right. Um, but like my big question here is, you know, you say, you said you're an introvert. Now you're being on the phones as well as well <laughs> people. Like how did that kind of, um, you know, how were you able to transition to be more of a, you know, you, you call yourself a, a introvert, extrovert, um, how, how did that like come about where you had to make phone calls? I know for us, me included, like my first phone call, I was nervous. I think I was sweating <laughs> and the, you know, the person that told me to kick rocks, the person actually picked up for, 
you know, for whatever reason. So like, how did that kind of come about for you to be able to kind of get out of your comfort zone there? I know we talked about that on the podcast quite a bit and um, you know, you obviously did pretty well there as well. Yeah. Um, I think I was probably in the same boat as you are. Um, I don't remember what my first call was, but I know it probably wasn't very good. Um, you, you go, you get your first sales call and you're just extremely nervous the whole way through and you're starting to sweat a little bit down the back of your neck and just making sure that you're saying the right words and all that. Uh, you have the script in front of you that you're reading off of and you, you sound very um, monotone the whole time type of thing, very robotic. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing uh, that I was able to do that really helped push me to be better each and every day was I started setting goals for myself and it ended up being just very small goals. So for me, it was like, okay, if I can get in touch with at least five people today, I'm going to call this a successful day. And then a week after that, if I can get in touch with 10, then 15, then 20, and just keep gradually building that up over the over the days and weeks and months. Um, before the end of it, I had already uh, generated close to $10,000 in sales for the team that summer, um, which I I think at that time was a record. Um, I don't know if they had had anyone that had gotten anywhere close to five, five figures for the team, but um, yeah, it, it was, it wasn't the easiest thing at first. Um, but I think setting goals for yourself to try to push your boundaries a little bit more um, that probably worked the best for me. So that's something I would recommend to others. So. Yeah. Did you have to, you know, like you said, you set goals of doing, you know, trying to connect with five people. Are you, are you meaning like connect with five people that are interested in, in getting season tickets or even a partial plan? Or is that more of like just getting five people on the phone? Cause nowadays, I don't know if you were well aware, but people don't pick up their phone. Now you have to be creative. You have to send emails, texts work really well yep. there with, you know, technology. Right. But like <laughs> back when you were working um, with them, were you just trying to get connected with people to get on the phone and talk, or is it more like setting appointments for, um, you know, being potential season ticket holders here for the future? It was definitely a mix of both. Um, at first I was like, I'll be glad if I even have a five minute conversation with somebody, this, this would be fantastic. Um, but I think after a, a while I started to get into the groove of it. And after a few calls, I was like, okay, now I really need to start, digging my feet in a little bit more and really start setting the groundwork for every everything else later on that year. Um, so that's when I started to push myself a little bit more, ask a little bit more outside the box questions uh, to them to try to pique their interest in uh, what we had to offer, whether it was group tickets, mini plans, season tickets, um, premium seats, anything along those lines. Um, just start asking different questions about what their experiences have been like, who they normally go to games with, um, what their favorite memory uh, from a sporting event was, and trying to translate that into what they can experience with the Bombers. Um, that was, it was hard at first trying to get myself into that mentality of like, okay, I can, I can make point A and point B connect at some point. I just have to work towards getting to that point to make them connect. Um, but there is no like set outline on how to be able to do it. It's all based on how you're able to talk to people. Um, so really just trying to push myself out of my comfort zone was the biggest first step out of it. So, yeah, I think you bring out a good point is just like trying to push yourself out of your comfort zone. I think it's easy to kind of, kind of say to yourself, like, Hey, I'm just going to, you know, read this script, right. And not change anything. And I know when I was, you know, with uh, the wild at the time, like the biggest change for me was trying to change my approach. Like you don't want to sound like everyone else in the office. You want to have your own kind of way um, when it comes to talking to you know, potential clients that you, you may have for, for the future. Um, and for me is always trying to make them laugh. Like I, I thought <laughs> I could make them laugh. Like the tensions would be out. Cause like at that point, when you say you're with a team, like, they know, you know, what the objective is there, right? Mm -hmm. They're trying to sell them. So if you can try to catch them, not like red handed or off guard, but if you're able to give them an opportunity, like, Hey, like this person's actually a real human being versus, you know, you got your telemarketers calling like, Hey, you should give me this and that. Uh, but being able to be more relatable, like you're relating to and finding your kind of your, you could say niche of being able to, 
um, connect with people on a personal level is obviously very important as well. Um, but I think I think one of the biggest uh, tips that I learned when I first started out with sales was uh, people can hear a smile on the phone. So if you're able to talk really positively and show your passion, not only for your organization, but what you're trying to sell as well, people can hear that over the phone and they want they want to learn more about it as the call goes on. More often than not, they are willing to learn about it. So. Um, that was probably one of the biggest first uh, tips that I had gotten into that. And that really translated well throughout the rest of my career here. So, yeah, you bring out a good point. My boss also said like, smile, your smile and dial is kind of like, yeah. the, and I'm sure that seems like you're the philosophy too, that you were, um, you know, brought up with, with being able to, to smile and like, you know, even for a voicemail, like smiling, just say, hey, you know, you, you want to be as positive as, as possible. And in sales, like you're going to hear a lot more no's and, and than yeses, but you never want to hear a maybe, right? Right, exactly. You don't want that person to say, well, maybe like call me next week. It's like, well, you know, in that case, you already lost on that phone call. You want to be able to have an opportunity to say, hey, maybe can could not be next week. You know, these seats could be gone this experience is important for you. I can tell based off of how many matches you've gotten to. So trying to relate in a way there. Experience um, there's Xander, but you obviously transitioned after that role to the Spire Group um, sales consultant for the Western Michigan University Athletics. I hear a lot of positive things about the Spire Group. Kind of tell us how you got that position. And obviously you were there for quite some time as well. Yeah. Um, I was actually fortunate enough to start out my career. I call it my first big boy job um, at Western Michigan. Um, so really from Battle Creek to Kalamazoo, it's only about a 30 minute drive down the road. So that was an easy transition to move straight to Kalamazoo on that one. Um, was really fortunate to um, get right in with that because they were right at the start of the football season. Um, I remember that was the 2015 season. So the first game of the year, the first home game of the year was against Michigan State. Um, so we were expecting a sellout crowd at that point. So I didn't really have much to sell for it. Um, but I knew that we had uh, we were going to be expecting a, a big crowd for that game. And um, that game definitely did not disappoint. I know Western Michigan ended up getting beat pretty bad by 2015 Spartans. Uh, they were pretty good that year and were throughout the middle 2000 or 2010s there, I should say. Um, but yeah, I, it was a great experience. Um, I had a lot of uh, different people that really taught me uh, a lot of different things over there. Um, and that's not just uh, from throughout the entire company, but we also had a bit of like a transition period over there. Um, so my first boss that was there, um, he actually had gotten a new position out in uh, Los Angeles like within my first month of working there. So for a time, it was just myself and my coworker that were there and neither of us were managerial level yet. So we're just kind of managing ourselves until we got a manager in. Um, and then the manager came in, the new manager came in and he kind of helped build up the program a little bit more um, leading us into the 2016 season there. Um, so it was a lot of uh, learning from a lot of different people um, and it was a very unique position for me. Um, it really, right wording I'm trying to figure out is it, it, it really got me to learn that there's a lot of different people out there that think in a lot of different ways about how sales is successfully done. Um, each organization has their own way of being able to do things and how they believe the right method is and whatnot. Um, it ultimately, for me, it didn't end up fitting as well as what I thought it would be. Um, it was a great experience, don't get me wrong. I, I have a lot of connections still within the Aspire group and still talk to some people uh, fairly regularly. Um, but it, it for me, it just didn't really fit. Um, I always was brought up under the, the teaching of um, there's more than one right way to do something. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, whereas if... Uh, uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. I'll just leave it at that. Um, the philosophies just didn't end up li lining up too much with me and in, in, in the Aspire group. 
Um, and that ultimately led me to my next, uh, my next job at Purdue University. Um, but I definitely am very fond of my experience at Kalamazoo. Um, it was a great way for me to be able to really break into the organization and get my first, uh, first glance into how to be able to be a better salesperson. Um, and that really has translated well throughout the rest of my career as well. Yeah, it's, it's awesome you bring that up. up. The, the fact that I, I always tend to tell my peers as well as people who are, are reaching out, you know, it, it, every opportunity gives you an opportunity to see what sales can be within that, that organization, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, at the time it, it wasn't a good fit doesn't mean it would, but would not have been a good fit for someone else. That's my biggest thing is just because it wasn't a good fit for, for me, you know, at the time with where, where I was, doesn't mean that like, I think any different and that's, you know, your, your thought process. Well, like, you don't think anything different. You just wanted to, you know, find your, your place that you can call home and be able to do what you, you were brought up to kind of realize there's more than one way, right. Um, mm -hmm. One way or the highway, right. Is kind of yep, exactly. Uh, I like how you talked about like your, your big boy job. I mean, you were selling, not just, just football you're selling hockey as well as basketball and volleyball I mean that's a lot going on there yeah let's sell those those sports so um just a quick quick glance here when it comes to selling those sports are you you know reaching out to all those each day or how does that necessarily work I've always found it fascinating um on the collegiate level how to kind of manage your day you could say yeah um, I think that's what makes college athletics um, uh, set apart from other professional sports is that you have that opportunity to be able to sell not just one sport, but multiple sports. So you think about it, if I'm talking with you um, as uh, let's say I'm a rep for a MLB team and you're not a big fan of baseball, but you went to a couple games that kind of already breaks the conversation at that point. There's not much for me to be able to build up with you just because you're not a baseball fan at that point. So it's hard for me to be able to try to build that up within you. It, it'll take a lot longer for me to get um, to the end of the, the end result that I want to see, which is you buying some kind of ticket package from me. Um, but let's for for Western Michigan, it was a, it was a great example of this is like, um, no, I, I only came out to the, the football game because he had a hockey game later that night. I'm a huge hockey fan. Oh, great. I'd love to be able to chat hockey with you here. So if it doesn't go from uh, one conversation, you can always lead it into the next one with another sport. Um, and that was a great uh, segue into uh, a bunch of different areas where I could try to cultivate more fans to come out for different uh, sporting events. And believe me, the, the fandom there was very... Um, very, very unusual in the sense uh, that with them being a mid-major program uh, in uh, college athletics um, and their location within Michigan as well, it's uh, Western Michigan is second compared to Michigan State or Michigan. So you either get people that are more Michigan State or Michigan fans before they are Western Michigan or Central Michigan or Eastern Michigan or anything along those lines. Um, so it was really a unique experience of being able to really sell the programs that we have there at a fraction of the cost that you would get for Spartans or Wolverines. And um, I think that's what I like the most about college athletics is that you get that unique versatility uh, in that aspect of it. So, yeah, it's awesome you talk about that. And it, it, it's funny too, you talk about it because when I was making sales calls for my first couple of sales calls with the wild, I, you know, we were always trying to tell them, Hey, we're, we're a hockey team, right? Like a lot mm -hmm. of people you call when you're on a minor league team, they, you know, they may have been one game like a long time ago. Um, Cause leads for minor league teams are obviously different than major league teams. Most people know what the teams are when it comes to the majors I thought it was fascinating how you said like you could easily pivot, right? If someone was saying, well, I went to the football game, but actually, you know, I wanted to see the hockey game. And then you could be like, well, that's funny you say that because, you know, let's talk about hockey, right? Being able yep. to pivot on your feet. I, I think that's a cool aspect because, you know, we're working for collegiate level, you're, you're able to do that versus at a major league level, you're, you know, put you're kind of in like that football or baseball, um, 
whatever it is you're sit on that because you can't sell anything else so it's kind of cool to be able to um like you said being able to to kind of think on your feet and have a, a solution to anyone's you know kind of like objection like oh i don't like that sport it's like well sick we got four other sports so let's, let's talk <laughs> them, right so um you know kind of going from from that to to purdue university kind of explain of like your um, you know, how you kind of got there, it seems like you kind of, you know, based off your connections, you were able to kind of build those relationships and get that um, ability to, to, to go to Purdue University and be able to get a lot of experience there for, for, for a whole four years, it looks like as well. Yeah, no, it, it was a great, uh, it was a great turnaround for me. Um, I grew up in Northwest Indiana. Uh, originally, I'm about an hour away from Chicago, my hometown is. Um, so being in Kalamazoo, I was only about two hours away from home, um, but I still felt really homesick. I still felt like I wanted to be able to be closer to family and just really have a, a job that I felt uh, a gratifying sense from. Um, and I wasn't, by the end of my time at Western Michigan, I really wasn't getting that. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a great experience. I just wasn't feeling as into it as what I was when I first started out. I was... I don't want to say I was promised anything different uh, when I started out, but it, it definitely wasn't the same experience as what I was getting when I first started there. Um, so the narrative changed a little bit for me. Um, so by that point, I just figured, you know what, I really just want to be able to be closer to home and just start fresh and start something new. Um, for a while, I wasn't even sure if I was going to keep working in sports just because it didn't really seem like there was going to be anything close to home uh, that would really fit. And then along comes Purdue University. Uh, they had an in-house uh, sales uh, staff over there, essentially. So it wasn't like part of a third-party group. It was all in-house. You were working for the university. Um, and I grew up a Purdue fan. Um, I'm a Boilermaker through thick and thin. Uh, I bleed black and gold, essentially. Um, so for me, it was it was an opportunity to be able to work for a school that I had cheered for throughout my entire childhood and just be able to to wear that Purdue P on my shirt every single day was something that I couldn't I couldn't have dreamed of. Um, and I got the opportunity to interview for it. Everything started looking good. And then I didn't hear back from them for about a week. And so I was starting to get nervous sweats out of it. I'm like, I'm never going to get this. This is going to be awful. Next thing I know, I get a call middle of the day one day saying, hey, we'd like to offer you the gig. And I was like, give me a minute, but I'm going to tell you right now, my answer is yes. <laughs> um, so I called my parents, told them I got the job at Purdue. They were so happy for me. Um, and within about a few weeks time, I was already moving down to, to West Lafayette and uh, uh, starting fresh over there. Um, and I spent a good four years there. I mean, I, I was working uh, a couple different roles over there. It was all sales oriented, though. Um, so like my first year and a half, year, year and a half to two years there, I was working in uh, outbound ticket sales, essentially, um, bringing more people on board. And that was right around the time when football really started to pick things up and started to get a little bit better than what they were before. Basketball was going off the rails at that point. Um, so it, it was a great time for me to really get in and be able to help build my career a little bit more because the sports ended up taking off at that point as well. Um, and then by the middle of it, they ended up transitioning back into Aspire, uh, and went with that third party group. So they gave me the opportunity of, I can either go and work for Aspire again, or I can work in-house as a retention representative and try to keep the season ticket holders that they already had on board. For me, that was a no brainer. I had already made a lot of great connections with people there. I wanted to keep making those connections and keep building that repertoire with them. So I stuck on board and, and started working in the ticket office there um, as a retention rep. Um, and everything was going very smoothly. I didn't think that anything was going to go wrong. And then the whole world took a big dump on everybody with COVID. <laughs> so by March of 2020, it was, we weren't even sure if we were going to have a football season by the end of that year. And ultimately, the Big Ten did end up saying like, hey, we're going to cancel the season. And by that point, when they made that official announcement, the university decided, okay, we're $50 million in the hole here. We got to be able to recoup some costs here. There's no point in keeping people on staff if they're not going to be 
actively doing their jobs. So I was one of the first cuts, unfortunately, from COVID. Um, it was a heartbreaker, uh, even more so because I was planning my wedding at that time. My last day at Purdue was three days before my wedding. <laughs> so my wife gives me a hard time saying, like, I married you when you were unemployed. You always remember that. <laughs> but that's um, not I was going to say that's that's pretty pretty tough to to be able to you know with the pandemic like you were saying every the whole sports aspect changed right a lot of people yeah. were let go and um, I mean you had a wedding so at least you were you know somewhat you're happy because you're at least you know had your wedding obviously um, but I mean obviously a lot of change too right you have this <laughs> group that that came in and took over kind of more of the sales route, which they, they tend to do just based off of their entity there. Um, and you had an opportunity at least to, to choose either, you know, the sales route, um, like you did kind of similar to Western Michigan or staying on kind of more of the, the service route. And obviously you did a, did a really good job and I'm sure people there probably still remember you, right? I think mm-hmm. that as, as being on the service side, like people, I mean, they remember those, those connections and, um, believe it or not, some people opt out because their favorite person, you know, left the organization. And it's, I mean, it's nothing, nothing personal necessarily speaking when it comes to the organization, but like, that's why people think it's so important to be able to have the same service person over the years and, you know, build that, that relationship from scratch um, is, is so important. But um, after that, I mean, you were able to, to get an opportunity um, and it looks like LinkedIn helped you for this this one, but mm-hmm. um, Lafayette Aviators Baseball, how did that kind of come up and play? And LinkedIn is my go-to social media, honestly. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious to see how you got, you know, an opportunity to, to do that. And obviously in, you know, higher role to director of ticket sales uh, for a year and then, you know, moved into the VP of sales as well. Yeah. And it, it, you kind of talk about with LinkedIn there, like it's it's not often used, right? It's it's a very um, uh, underrated social media platform um, in the sense that it's strictly focused on business. Um, but I, I'll tell you what, everything that I've done with my LinkedIn profile has really built me to where I am here today. Um, I am very grateful for the fact that I got that started when I was in my undergrad program. Um, and I really started to build off of it. The more connections I made within uh, working in sales, um, the more I started to connect with more people in the industry, uh, more of my clients. Um, and I started to make more connections with their friends or their coworkers. And it, it grows. It's, it's like a web of uh, different connections that just ultimately ends up sprouting new roots and passageways each and every time that you're, you're on there. Um, but I was very, I was very fortunate enough. Like about a week after I had gotten the notice from Purdue saying, "Hey, we're we're letting you go," um, kind of a precursor to that. They kind of they they let me know in like mid August of that year, and they said we're going to give you enough time to be able to translate into your next opportunity. So we're not just going to cut you cold turkey here. Um, we're going to give you at least another month and a half. Uh, you're still going to be paid. You're still going to be on board and working for us, but um, that at least gives you a little bit of time to be able to find your next chapter in life. Um, so about a week after I made that announcement saying, hey, I'm being let go in, in the end of September, um, I had a connection in Lafayette um, who had worked previously for the Aviators. Um, their summer season that year got canceled in 2020, just obviously because of COVID. Um, there wasn't really much to be able to do during the summer uh, with keeping people in a close proximity like that. So it didn't really make sense for them to, to have that season. So everything got canceled. Um, so when, uh, when that happened, a lot of their people were given the opportunity to either find a different career, same with me, find a different career, or they would just be cut entirely. Um, so it's unfortunate for that aspect of it, but they did end up changing leadership over there and changing ownership. Um, so my connection that I had over there previously, she was like, I'd have stayed on board if they had kept everything going, but ultimately I had to do what was best for me and my son. And she moved into um, nonprofit work in town. 
but she wanted to at least let me know, hey, I can at least put you in touch with our owner, Bill, um, and he can uh, chat with you and see if there might be an opportunity for the 2021 season. So I said, okay, it's a shot in the dark. We'll see what happens. Um, he met me in town for a coffee early in the morning. Um, we had about a good hours long conversation of what I wanted to do with my career, where I wanted to keep going and um, how I wanted to be able to get things done. Um, told him, essentially, I really just want to be able to, to work in like a managerial role. I've worked in sales for about five years now. I feel like I have a good, uh, a good platform for me to be able to really take the next step in my career and really try to build up my leadership skills. Um, and I feel like being able to do that here in Lafayette would be a great opportunity just because I've already made connections with everybody here in town. So people know me. So moving to a different organization here in town, that's gonna to be a piece of cake. People will still wanna come and, and chat with me about what we have to offer. Um, so he took that to heart and, and gave me the opportunity to be director of ticket sales there for their uh, uh, 2021 season. We were lucky enough that the city um, ended up building or rebuilding the, the stadium there previously. Um, so the original format for the stadium uh, was the, the field was facing out towards the road. Um, so the outfield would have been closer to like where the road was uh, in the park over there. Um, it's situated in, I should give a little bit of a back story here. Um, it's situated in Columbia Park, which is one of the largest parks inside uh, the greater Lafayette area. And it's right in, in the middle of like the suburban area in Lafayette. So it's an easy walk for people within the neighborhood to come down to the park. Um, they have a lot of different things over there, but the main focus over there was the baseball stadium. So what they did with the stadium was they did a complete 180 flip of the stadium. So the outfield wall now faces inside the park whereas home plate is closer towards the street level, if that makes sense. So they, they completely flipped it around. Um, and 2021 would have been the first year that the stadium would have been reopened. So it was an opportunity not just to work for a, a, essentially a new team uh, with a new front office, new ownership, um, but also working in a brand new stadium as well. And being a part of that opening day crew um, it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. Like it was a great way for me to say, Hey, I've been a part of like an opening crew in this sense. Um, and we did a fantastic job. I, I think we were probably one of the best teams in the league in terms of, uh, not just winning percentage, but also generating fan, uh, attendance there as well. We had a lot of different promotions that we did to bring out fans, um, uh, lots of different uh, ticket deals that we gave out the fans to be able to bring more people in. Uh, groups were coming out aplenty during the summer because there's not much to do during the summer months except for baseball. Um, and ultimately, I think I got everything uh, from where we were at point A to a lot better when I left. Um, and it was a, a great experience that I, I could not have been more grateful for. So yeah, it's awesome you, you bring that up too. Like during the pandemic, um, and honestly, essentially until kind of now, we had a. I most of the time there wasn't many fans in, you know the the seats of um, you know big teams, you know MLS, the MLB because of you know COVID, and as you can tell, and for for me working here with the Sounders, there's still people who are. They're like, hey, I'm holding on to my tickets, but, you know, I'm still cautious because of the, you know, so many people there. But with, you know, being minor league baseball, there's more opportunity that people are going to come out because it is an outdoor setting, like you said, and switching the ballpark from, um, you know, hitting, hitting dingers on the road uh, to, you know, being able to drive by and watch, kind of see. I mean, it seems kind of more of like a marketing thing as well that you're able to at least see like, holy cow, there's a team playing there. And, um, you know, that'd be cool because, you know, based off of where where you guys are and not having to, to pay for windshields or anything on that end yep. thing to, to see if that ever, ever happened. But also like, I think, you know, you talked about too, is just, you know, you had an idea that, you know, you wanted to get to that leadership position 
you were going to do whatever it took and you, you know, sat down with the, the owner at the time and you said, Hey, this is where I, I see myself being. And, you know, you give me the opportunity. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to show you that it's going to be successful. And you were, I mean, you guys generated a, a ton of revenue, but also were able to build those new fans who, I mean, you guys also did really well uh, when it came to standings as, as well, just being mm -hmm. able to, and I think it has to do with the fans bringing people in and having a more packed ballpark versus a, you know, a couple hundred fans um, is, it makes a difference. People say, you know, it doesn't, but it does because the atmosphere is better first of all. And like you said, being able to build your career and, you know, moving on to that, you, you're now, you know, athletic ticket sales um, and annual fund director at Purdue University Fort Wayne. So how did that kind of come up? I mean, you're obviously continuing to look to, to grow your career at the next level and um, seems like you found a pretty good fit so far here um, being relatively new. Yeah. Um, really, we weren't necessarily looking uh, to be able to leave right off the bat. Uh, Lafayette had been home for me for six years, um, and I'd really started to love and, and uh, grow in the community. Um, I met my wife there. We got married there. Um, we have family there still, so it really just was a, a special place for us to be able to get everything started. Um, but an opportunity came along with Purdue-Fort Wayne for me to be able to get back into college athletics, and um, I, I missed it. I, I really wanted to be able to get back into that groove of selling a lot of different things and, and generating a lot of different interest in different areas. Um, the challenge that we have with Purdue Fort Wayne is that obviously it's a branch school of Purdue. So they're not the Boilermakers, they're the Mastodons. So you're, you're faced with a whole different identity um, over there compared to like a big name school where the name sells itself. Smaller schools don't really have that opportunity to have that name brand recognition sell itself. You really have to be able to push uh, to people and push to fans about how the experience is, what kind of benefits they get from coming to games, um, what kinds of uh, experiences they can get out of it, memories that they can get. Um, for me, it just, it, it seemed like a great opportunity to get back into college athletics and really get the ball rolling on the next step in my career, wherever that may end up being. I don't see myself moving for quite some time, but um, I know that this is a great opportunity for me here to really grow and, and build a foundation for myself, um, not just for my career, but for my family as well. And, um, it was a, an interesting set of circumstances that led up to it, um, but I'm really fortunate for the opportunity that I have with the aviators to get me to this next step in my career. Um, it's really changed how I, how I view things from a managerial sense, um, and it's really helped get me into the right mind frame of how to be able to manage things a lot more differently, even more now, because I'm essentially a one-man crew <laughs> at uh, Purdue Fort Wayne. Um, I am a, an army of one, essentially. I'm not, I don't have anybody under me that's selling tickets. I'm doing everything for the ticket office. So I'm um, selling tickets, I'm making calls, I'm uh, answering the uh, ticket window whenever people come up for questions. Um, I'm managing the box office on game days. Uh, I'm handling ticket operations for everything going out for like season tickets and group tickets and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's no easy feat to do it just by yourself. Um, but I knew at least in that aspect and also with the annual fund piece, being able to generate more interest within the school to be able to help give back to some of the programs, uh, from a donation aspect. Um, I really felt that this is a great opportunity for me that I couldn't pass up at this time. So, um, I've been here for about six months now and I, I've really enjoyed it so far. Yeah, it's it's awesome you you bring up the the fact that like you're doing more than just selling tickets, right? You're doing the box office, you're doing tickets, ticket operations, which um, you know, the people that we have here at the Sounders that do ticket operations, it's a, it's a team of three or it's a team of three, potentially four essentially. So it shows you like, you know, you're doing it all by yourself, collegiate level, 
um, obviously like a smaller school, but still like you have to generate and I'm sure you're, you're loving every second of it being able, you know, I mean, you're starting a, a like you said, a new chapter in your life and being able to do what you ultimately wanted. You wanted to go back to collegiate just based off of the, the great experience you had at Purdue University and being able to now have that opportunity to, to do that is obviously something that you, you can't pass up. But I think they always say, you know, if you pass up a, an opportunity and may never, ever come back um, <laughs> available again, I agree with that. It was definitely a leap of faith. I, I, I very much viewed it as a leap of faith. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, um, even though I had very much an idea of what I was getting myself into. I felt like I didn't. <laughs> um, and I wasn't sure about moving over to the east side of the state. I've been a west side, northwest side kind of guy for Indiana. Haven't really gotten that experience outside of that aspect. Um, so we don't, my wife and I don't know anybody here. Um, we're still trying to make friends out here, really. Um, but it's it's been a challenge for sure. Like it's it's like you're going into completely new territory and having to really build from scratch on a lot of different things, not just for the career, but for the family as well. Um, it's been a struggle. But at the same time, it's it's been an interesting struggle. We've really taken it with stride and are really starting to uh, get our feet on the ground a little bit more and 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 hit it running. Um, we're really gearing up for what what else is to come over here. I feel like we we have a really good foundation now, and it's just a matter of building everything up to to get to the next level. So, absolutely, I'm I'm sure you'll do do fine and. Um, it's always cool to be able to to start a new position that means that much to you and you know making friends we're you know crossing our fingers hopefully if anyone's listening to this that's over in the west side of Indiana can you know be able to, to be friends with you and <laughs> capacity as well that'd be cool but kinda, don't make me sound too desperate here <laughs> we're, we're, we won't make you know you have a ton of friends they're just on the other side of the, the state. <laughs> <laughs> fine i i'm in washington i i'm luckily i have family here which is very nice and and obviously makes it a little bit easier but um kind of wrapping up here we we have our flash friday um section here one of our co-hosts nathan who came up with the idea so i'm just going to ask you a couple questions here just to kind of get you out of your comfort zone because we obviously have been talking about that not as, as much as you know we shouldn't um no <laughs> jokes there but First question, uh, you said you have a dog. What kind of dog do you have and how long have you had your dog? Uh, she is a lab Great Pyrenees mix. Uh, her name is Evie. Uh, she's six years old. She's a rescue. Um, we got her in early 21. So we're working at about two years with her so far. Um, she's a, oh man, she's, she's a, she's a work of art. <laughs> she is a, she, she is a, a struggle to work with each and every day, um, but you better believe she's the biggest love bug in the world. We love her to death. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And a rescue. I feel like a lot of people are uh, rescuing dogs. And I think it's like the right, it's definitely the right way to go. I know my, my girlfriend, they rescued their dog and they have, and they just, you know, like you said, loving dog and being able to, to have, um, have her i mean even even if it's a it's a tough tough time if she's trying to you know barking or something she hasn't barked so so far across so far <laughs> across my fingers here we still have time obviously for that to happen but um my next question is um you played you played baseball bowling and volleyball what was your your favorite sport and then from that sport who was your favorite player to, to watch for that sport yeah, um, baseball is by far and away my favorite sport overall. Um, I think the best sport that I played in was bowling. I actually bowled two years collegiately as well when I was at Aquinas College. Um, There's a brand new program that got right off uh, during my junior year. Um, so technically, I still have two years of eligibility left if I wanted to go back. But um, yeah, I mean, baseball is by far and away my most favorite sport. Um, grew up a Cubs fan, uh, so I, I believe uh cubby blue all all day long i'm actually fortunate enough to be a season ticket holder now for the cubs um so i'm i'm really excited for uh what's to come here for this next year especially with dansby swanson on board and whatnot 
Um, I think my all-time favorite player is um, Ron Santo. He was a third baseman for the Cubs back in like the 60s and 70s, uh, around the same time as like Ernie Banks and all that. Um, his story is very unique uh, and it's very personal to me as well. Um, his, him and his, my grandpa shared the special connection of uh, being diabetic. Um, and strangely enough, they ended up passing away on the same day, literally hours apart from each other. So to see um, to see them go uh, in that way was sad. But at the same time, I knew my grandpa was going up with someone that he idolized throughout his entire life as well. So it, it was a very special, uh, very special day for that. Uh, but he will always be my favorite Cubs player of all time. So. <laughs> Wow, that's uh, that's heartwarming right there. Knowing like going, you know, passing away is, you know, it's it's tough and we've seen it happen more now with the, the pandemic. There's just a lot going on. And um, but being able to, you know, you know, he's going to a good place, especially the fact that his idol, you know, you know, we never want anyone to pass away. But, you know, the fact that they were both passed away on the same day, like it shows that, like, you know, they were they're you know, kind of bread and butter, right? You could say right. they knew. And, and it's, I, I don't know too much about baseball, especially for the, the Cubs, but like, it seems that, that, you know, that player, you know, being diabetic and, and everything, I, it, it really shows like how huge sports are in people's lives. And um, it, <laughs> it, it kind of, you know, sports is, is bigger than just the, the wins and losses, right? It's, it's the memories, it's building those relationships and, you know, you had some had obviously something special there as well. Um, my last question um, here is if you were able to go on um, or if you were able to take a day off of, of your busy schedule, um, leave, leave the wife at, at home and be able to, to, you know, spend a day with any person in the world, who would you spend the day with and, and why? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I feel like Ryan Reynolds would be a great, a great time. I mean, like he's, he's gotta have like, not just for his character, his characteristics and whatnot, but I'm sure he's gotta have like a lot of like side adventures. You know, you think of like, they have like different like lives in different areas and whatnot. I, I feel like he's gotta have a lot of different great stories and adventures that he goes off onto with his, with his career, with his business ventures and all that. And um, I feel like he'd be a really good, a really good day uh, a really good person to spend a, a day with there so yeah you bring up a good point he's i think he's right now trying to be a partial owner of the ottawa senators i'm not sure mm-hmm. so yeah you obviously know that so like yeah he would be pretty cool to be able like yeah my you know i spent a day with ryan reynolds and you know he talked to me about how they're getting the ottawa senators and and stuff so i think he's a funny guy i also think it's <laughs> ironic to you that like he does have a lot going on and he's funny. And um, I think he's like one of the actors that I always like, I don't think I've ever heard a bad thing about him. Mm-hmm. I think he's always been on the, in a good look and obviously you don't know personally what's going on, but like, <laughs> he's a, he's a funny guy and that, that's crazy. What, what kind of, you know, kind of follow up quick question on that. What kind of led you to just say Ryan Reynolds? Cause it seemed like you were a little stumped and then all of a sudden, bam, I feel like him and I share a lot of the same um, characteristics in terms of comedy. Um, I tend to have a, I don't want to say twisted sense of humor, but I tend to see things a lot differently uh, than most people do. And most people don't get my sense of humor. Um, I feel he's the same way, except he publicizes it a lot more. And so people start to be drawn to that. Um, and I really want to be able to try to build that up within myself is get people to be drawn towards me through the, my sense of humor. And, um, not many people get to see that side of me. So something I definitely want to work on, but I feel like him and I share that kind of a connection. I, I feel anyway. So that's awesome. I, I just wanted to, I, I like putting people on the hot seat and that's a question that, um, I think it's tough to, 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 to answer, like, you don't want to just say one person, but um, obviously Ryan Reynolds, if you're out there and you listen to this podcast, <laughs> Xander's ready for that, that day where you guys can hang out. But um, with that being said, last question here, um, where can people find you, um, when, if they want to reach out and, and get some advice from your, you know, crazy and 
incredible career so far. Yeah. Um, I'm readily available on LinkedIn. Um, I'm always willing to connect with anyone and everyone. Um, so you can find me at LinkedIn. Uh, I have it set as Alexander quote Xander Atwood. Um, but if you type in Xander Atwood, it'll be one of the first ones that shows up. I guarantee it. So, um, LinkedIn's a great way to be able to get connected with me. Awesome. With that, we, we thank you, Xander, for, for being on the, the podcast here and, um, all our front office, you listeners, we appreciate you. And, um, hopefully you guys have a, a great rest of your, your week here and Christmas right around the corner as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much and happy holidays to everyone. It's good.